You're listening to Ultimate Podcast Marketing, the podcast about podcasting. On this show, we talk about how to turn your passion into a podcast that can earn money, fill up your sales funnel, and help you gain super duper confidence along the way. I'm your host, Emily Milling, podcaster, marketer, producer, and lover of all things podcasting. Hello, welcome to another episode of Ultimate Podcast Marketing with me, your host and podcast producer, Emily Milling. Today, we're talking about the top 10 podcasting mistakes and how to avoid them. Number one, talking like a dink. That's not number one at all, but I was talking like a dink. Anyway, hi, how are ya? We're talking about podcasting again today. I'm sure you're very surprised to hear that. Uh, I wanted to share these top 10 podcasting mistakes with you because these are things that kind of grind my gears. They kind of make me want to punch something. I don't know. Uh, But I also think that these are going to help you to create a podcast that is really high quality, that sounds professional, it sounds great, and it helps you overall to connect better with your audience. And isn't that the goal of everything? Before I get into my top 10 here... I want to also recommend that you check out my free mini course, How to Start a Podcast. You can get that over at theultimatecreative.com slash startapodcast. And this is going to help you to get your basics, your fundamentals ready to go in order to prepare to launch a podcast. If it's your first one, if it's your 50th one, I don't care. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there that's going to help you strategically to figure out exactly what it is you need to prepare for, your content planning, your goals, your audience, everything. And then there are are some cool logistical things that are also very important and some technical stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm really selling it right now, aren't I? Anyway, check it out, theultimatecreative.com slash start a podcast. And I'm going to get into the top 10 podcasting mistakes and how to avoid them now. Number one, randomly releasing episodes when you feel like it. Look, consistency is key with all content marketing. And heck, with all content generally. People will come to rely on your content showing up in their feeds on a particular day at a particular time. On Tuesdays, you can listen to Ultimate Podcast Marketing first thing in the morning and get jazzed about the work week with podcasting strategies. On Fridays, you can listen to You Gotta Laugh, an improv podcast, and forget about the work week. I'm bookending this. I'm bookending the week here for you. If your audience notices that you're not really putting content out on a regular schedule, they're not going to continue to look for it each week. They're going to forget you even had a podcast and you'll wonder why no one downloads it when you have new releases. So here's how you can avoid it. Batch record your episodes once a month. Do I sound like a broken record? Probably. But make a day of it and write out your topics and outlines. Then record four to five episodes in a row. And honestly, if you're feeling super ambitious, you can edit them all in the same day or just send them off to a podcast producer like myself to take care of the rest. This can be tricky to schedule for podcasters that rely on guests like my other podcast, You Gotta Laugh. So in some cases, batch recording could look a little bit different, like two episodes a week, then a week off. But you can still batch edit and schedule. On You Gotta Laugh, we'll do an interview on a Wednesday and an interview on a Thursday if we possibly can. We try to put them in chunks so that if we need time off, we have that available to us. It's still a bit of a new podcast too, though. So we're figuring out what the groove is. Don't hold yourself so into this that like the world will be over if it doesn't happen, but this will help you to create more consistent content. I promise you that. 
Okay, number two, recording with the wrong mic. I realize that this sounds pretty basic, but it's actually very common. Computers like to help us by guessing which mic we want to use when we set up our gear to record. But what these poor little computers don't know is that we would prefer to record with the fancy expensive mics with the cardioid pickup patterns and not the built-in computer mic. So here's how to avoid this. Double check your settings before you start recording. Each time you open up a new project in any software, just go back into the preferences and make sure you have selected the correct microphone. And then you need to do a test recording and listen back to make sure it sounds correct. Snap your fingers in front of the microphone and your computer mic to see which one has a higher input level. So like if you see the soundbar going higher when you're clicking closer to your computer or snapping closer to your computer than when you're snapping in front of your microphone specifically, obviously there's a problem. If you unplug your mic for any reason at all, do this again before you hit record. Trust me, you don't want to listen back to it and be like, why the hell didn't I record that properly? Honestly, like in the middle of this recording, I'm just looking at my waveforms like, are you still there? It's, uh, you know, you lose stuff and you learn fast to have backups. Okay, that brings me to number three, recording virtual interviews over Zoom. There's absolutely no reason to buy a nice mic if you're going to record your interviews on Zoom. You may as well burn a pile of cash if you want to use Zoom as your main recording software. Zoom, and frankly any other app that records over the internet, uses technology that compresses your audio, which causes random dips in the volume levels. It also tries to prevent echoes, which is great, don't get me wrong, but the output of the recording sounds like you're underwater. Um, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? This clip that I'm saying right now, I'm just going to add the effect that I'm talking about so that you can hear the difference between how I'm talking into my microphone, into a recording software that is on my computer directly versus what it would sound like if I was recording into Zoom. Do you hear the difference? I'm sure you do. And if you don't, listen again. Also, pro tip, if you insist on using Zoom, honestly, I just don't get it. You can set up the recording to create separate tracks for you and your guest, so at the very least, you can edit them individually. That is a huge deal. If your guest is super loud or their mic settings or whatever, everybody's got a completely different setup, have two separate tracks. It'll make it easier for you if you're editing on your own, or it'll make it easier for your podcast producer to go in and make the adjustments as necessary to level out the volume so people aren't turning the volume up and down as they're driving to work or as they're commuting to where, you know, I don't think people are going to work anymore. That might be nice. Okay, here's how to avoid this problem. Just don't use Zoom. Just just don't. First of all, record your own audio to your computer using an app that does not rely on the internet. So on a Mac, you're probably going to have GarageBand. That's a free app. On a PC, you can record into Audacity, also a free app. Record a separate track for your guest using an app like Zencaster. That will give you a separate file. Yes, I know Zoom gives you separate files. I know I just said it too. But Zencaster will do a better job of not destroying your guest's audio and compressing it so aggressively that it just sounds like blah, blah, blah. And if you really want a great quality sounding podcast and your guest has the capability, have them record with their own fancy microphones to their own computers. Then have them send you the audio when you're done. It's so much better. 
Also, I will say, if you are a guest on someone else's podcast and you are a podcaster, you should absolutely be offering to do this. If you're pitching yourself as a guest to other podcasts, you let them know that you can record yourself with your professional sound and quality audio gear, and that is going to put you above and beyond the other people that are pitching to get in there. It's not just about how cool you are. If no one can understand what you're saying because your audio sounds like garbage, you're not going to get on the show. Alrighty, next on to number four of the top 10 podcasting mistakes, not balancing out the volume levels on multiple tracks. This can be a little tricky. Everybody speaks at different volumes and it can make editing difficult. The problem is if you don't address this in post-production, your audience will have to turn the volume up and down randomly to hear everything. They're going to get annoyed and they're going to listen to someone else's podcast instead. I, I said it. That's it. I have stopped listening to podcasts because it's so annoying to turn the volume up and down. I just, you know, I want to go on a run and not think about the volume. (laughs) So here's how to avoid it. First, record separate tracks so that you have the capability to boost or lower the volume individually on these tracks. If you have one track with all of the voices on it, you're going to have to do something called volume automation, which is manually raising and lowering the volume at different points in your track to balance out the levels using nodes. I, I know it's called automation, but it's a manual process. So this is not ideal. So just do step one first instead. Finally, you'll want to use an effect called compression, which will bring louder and quieter volumes closer together, which means less variation in the final volume level. Now, I know that I said Zoom compresses the shit out of your audio, but Zoom does it in a way that sounds like like garbage rolling over some roadkill while the roadkill is eating an apple. I don't know how else to describe it. It just sounds awful. Okay, I'm going to do an effect. This is the first example. This is the second example. You hear the difference, right? I know you do. You're getting this now. Okay, on to number five. Pretending to be someone you're not. Okay, quite possibly the worst podcasting mistake is pretending to be someone you're not. Basically shooting yourself in the foot. Look, uh, people are very savvy and they know when someone is putting on an act. I might be a little bit like jazz tonight as I'm recording and I sound a little bit extra like performy, but this is still very much me because I'm just having a grand old time. I'm pretty sure this comes through in the recording. And if it doesn't, send me an email at emily at theultimatecreative.com and tell me. I used to think, I actually, I used to believe that people only wanted to see the super polished professional side of Emily until I finally figured out that I was connecting with people that I really didn't like, that were just like, they weren't funny, they were not fun, they had zero sense of humor, they were buttheads. (laughs) I really, I don't know, they weren't my kind of people. And And when I started cracking jokes and laughing at my own silly blunders, people that I liked just came out of nowhere and were like, yeah, I want to be your friend. I want to work with you. This is awesome. People want to know that they're listening to the real you. They're far more likely to shell out either by becoming clients or by subscribing to your Patreon, whatever that may be, if they feel like you're being genuine with them. I am being genuine with you. I want to hear you and your voice. I don't want to hear you putting on an act that you think other people want to hear. Here's how to avoid this. Leave room in your podcast for your own personality. If you work with a script, try giving yourself more bullet points instead of walls of text to read. If you have an opinion, share it. Who the hell cares if someone doesn't like it? Not everybody likes you. Not everybody likes me. 
and they just never will. So why bother trying to get them on your side when there are so many zillions of other people that do like you? Like me. I like you so much. If it helps, I think you're a hundred stars of magic and I love your cool individual style. I just, you know, I just think you should share your own voice. I th that's my preference. <laughs> it sounds better. You're smart. Okay, number six. Not testing your setup before you hit record. Okay. This takes an extra three minutes out of your process, but it's so worth it. Honestly, sometimes this takes 20 to 25 minutes if you're doing a guest virtual interview. This happened to me twice last week, and it happened to my partner Justin just the other day. We've both been podcasting for years now. He's been podcasting way longer than me, and I can't tell you how many times we look at our computer setups and our audio setups and we're like, why is it completely different? Why did it just suddenly change out of nowhere? And it's especially bad when I'm teaching someone how to do this and it's all of a sudden it's just like, nope, not working anymore. The thing that you assumed would be the fix for it is no longer working and now nothing is working at all. This is why it's so important to do a test before you record. It's very, very important to do this for your guests as well, because you don't want to come to the end of an episode and realize that your recording sounds like whatever I described earlier with the roadkill and the garbage and the apple. You don't want that. You really don't. You want it to sound polished and professional. So take just a couple of minutes right at the beginning of your session. If you're doing an interview, get your stuff set up like 30 minutes before. Even if you're just sitting there waiting for it to have, I don't know, go like do a lap around your apartment building or something like that, whatever, if it's just there. But this could be the difference between you having a great sounding recording and being as professional as possible with your guests that you may not know very well and you spending far too much time trying to figure out something you could have done previously. So just take the time to do it. Okay, <laughs> here's what I recommend to do your test recording. Record a small sample and listen back to make sure that your voice is coming through clearly and that you have a strong waveform. Remember earlier I mentioned sometimes people record with the wrong mic inadvertently? This is exactly why we need to test it. Make sure that it's not too loud, because this can cause distortion, which cannot be removed from a recording. So it sounds like blah, 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 blah. I'm going to do a sample here, and I'm going to try to not blow out your ears. But it's, it's going to sound like crap. Like, it sounds awful. But that's what's going to happen if you record too loud. Also, double check your mic is correctly set up. Select the correct microphone from the input list, and make sure that it's set to a pickup pattern that is facing your mouth. Typically, this is going to be the cardioid pickup pattern. It's a heart shape. And on a Blue Yeti microphone, you set this on the back of the microphone on the classic one. And then I think on the Nano now, you set it on the front. I think there's only two dials. Other things that might cause your microphone to not work properly would be the bit depth that it's set up at. And this is a little bit more technical, but if you go into your sound preferences or even your MIDI preferences, you're going to see the bit depth and the bit rate. And if it's set incorrectly, like I know my Blue Yeti will only record for whatever reason at 44,100 kilohertz. If I've got it set to 48,000 kilohertz, it's gonna stop working inexplicably. It just won't do it. These are some things to double check and some little quick fixes that might help you if it's not correct. Finally, listen back to the recording to make sure it sounds good. And that's all there is to it. This is going to take you no time at all. Okay, number seven, not recording virtual interviews in more than one place. <laughs> 
I always get bewildered looks when I tell people that I record in at least three places when I'm doing guest interviews remotely because I have used those backup recordings before and I will use them again, I guarantee you. If your recording fails in one place, you'll still have your guest's audio somewhere else and you won't lose that content. And it really, really, truly sucks to lose an entire episode with a super amazing guest that took months to book. So here's how to avoid it. You already know that I think Zoom is a garbage dumpster fire for recording audio, but if you're gonna be doing a video call with your guests so that you can see them anyway, you should record the call as a backup just in case you need to use it. Remember to record with separate audio tracks here. Then record using Zencaster at the same time and you can turn off the Zencaster VoIP function. So it's just going to record the audio and you won't have two different audio uh, echo sounds coming at you while you're recording. And then at the same time, record your own audio to your computer. And if possible, remember, have your guests record their audio to their computer and have them send it to you. The audio that you record directly to your computer, whatever setup doesn't require you to be connected to the internet, that's going to be the best quality sound. So stick with that if at all possible, but record in like three places if you possibly can. Just it's honestly, it's for the best. Okay, here's a really sad one. This is a big, big mistake. Forgetting to hit record altogether. <laughs> okay, so you're testing, you're anxious about a guest, or you're feeling rushed for time, and then you click back to your recording software and you realize you've totally forgotten to hit record. Well, great news. Your computer is always listening and creeping in on your conversations. I really, really hope that that's not true, actually. That's a very crappy situation. Anyway, obviously this is not ideal. This is especially why I recommend recording in several locations for virtual interviews. And if you are feeling very, very fancy, do it for yourself as well. I am, you know, I'm just uh, playing with fire here. I'm only recording an audition right now. Oh my gosh, if I lose it, I gotta do it again. Here's how to avoid this. Before you do your preamble and your intro, run through a quick checklist. Number one, is my mic turned on and set to the correct input? Number two, do I have my notes and a glass of water? Number three, am I recording and getting a nice strong waveform? And then four, I'm ready to record. Okay, next, number nine. Oh, we're almost there. We're almost at the end. Number nine is recording in spaces with too much noise and not enough soft surfaces. I am a little bit guilty of this because my fridge is so freaking loud, but I'm in an apartment where I am right, literally right beside my fridge. So... Sometimes I will unplug it if it's a very, very big deal, but otherwise I know how to remove that sound out of the back of this recording. So I'm gonna boost the sound of the fridge right now so that you can hear it. It just turned on. Sounds great, right? Yeah, I, I love a good hum. This is probably the least offensive of all the podcasting mistakes though. The only downside here is that you'll have random sounds here and there throughout an episode but it won't be so annoying that people will have to turn it off. However, what separates a professional quality recording from an amateur recording lies in the prep we do for our spaces before we hit record. So here's what I recommend that you do. Close your windows first. This is, this is a big one because I know it can get really hot in the summertime, but you know, we're entering the fall season. So therefore it's cold. Close your windows. Then find a quiet room or space where you know people won't barge in on you randomly. Make sure you have your mic close to your face about six inches away. Here, I'll do a quick demo for you so you can hear what it sounds like. So this is me. This is how I've been talking the whole time. This is me about a foot and a half away. This is me like three feet away. I'm talking at the same volume, but obviously there's 
a significant difference in the quality and the tone of my voice. It feels more personalized, I think, if you're talking directly into your microphone. If you're a loud talker, like my partner Justin, you may have to work on what is the best way to capture your audio because not all microphones can handle having a really loud speaker. The Blue Yeti Nano, though, has a setting on it that you can automatically reduce it by 20 decibels. So if you're a loud talker, that might be a really good option for you. So then you can talk as loud as you want to into your microphone and still know that it's not going to distort. You want to also make sure that you're keeping an eye on your waveform, that it's not going into the red as well. So work with your audio gear and make sure that it's adjusted to you specifically. Like they're all such unique setups. You really need to get to know your tech get to know your own voice and get comfortable with that. Spend time with this stuff. The other thing I want to say about being this close to your microphone is that there isn't going to be a lot of room for the sound of your voice to bounce around. So this will cause that sort of echoey sound. Another way to get rid of the echoey sound is to close your curtains. If you've got curtains, I've got big windows in front of me, which I have not closed. But then again, I am used to recording in a particular setting. So I'm okay with this now. But the more soft surfaces you have, the less the sound is going to bounce around on the hard reflective surfaces. So if possible, record in a room with a rug or a couch that takes up a lot of room. Just get rid of as many hard surfaces as you possibly can. This is why you hear of people recording in their closets. But if you record in a closet and there are no clothes in it, it's still going to be echoey. If you're recording in your bathroom, make sure you've hung up your laundry so that it's absorbing that sound. That's really what we're aiming for here. Um, And again, you know, if you have appliances that make a lot of noise, shout out to my fridge, feel free to unplug it or find other ways to remove that noise. Remember, there are some things you just cannot get rid of in post, and loud thumping neighbors are one of those things. Okay, number 10, not asking people to rate, review, and subscribe. It's not pushy or salesy, okay? You're giving them free content. Without those reviews, though, it'll be much harder for people to search for you and find your podcast in the different platforms, specifically Apple Podcasts. Plus, you want to build up some testimonials and social proof that your podcast is, in fact, awesome. So if you liked what you heard here today, please rate, review, and subscribe. Leave me a written review. It does help the show. Okay, here's how to avoid this. In your pre-recorded outro, and you can listen to mine at the end and just literally copy it if you want to, include a call to action asking for a five-star rating and a written review, and let your listeners know that when you leave a review, it helps you gain more exposure. Also, feel free to sprinkle in this little tidbit throughout your episodes. Finally, you can read back the reviews on your podcast to encourage more reviews because people love hearing their words read out by their favorite podcasters and love being acknowledged and thanked as your fans. It's a really great engagement tool, honestly. Okay, so there you go. Those are my top 10 podcasting mistakes and how to avoid them. If you feel like you have fallen into the clutches of some evil podcasting doom sadness land, send me an email at emily at theultimatecreative.com and let me know what is holding you back and tripping you up and maybe we can figure out a solution for you together. Uh, If you are interested in what it might be like to work with me as your podcast producer, I'm booking in new discovery calls right now. You can find that information at theultimatecreative.com slash podcasting. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't again mention my free mini course that is available to you It's called How to Start a Podcast, and this has a lot of great strategic stuff as well as tactical stuff that you can really get into to help you start your show. 
and have a lovely, lovely podcast recording set up. So it sounds as though my dear partner is going to get the laundry and I must conclude this recording lest there's a bump in the background as he exits. Thank you for listening. I'm Emily Milling. Have a lovely, lovely, marvelous day. Thanks for listening to Ultimate Podcast Marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people like you find this show. This podcast is produced by me, Emily Milling. And if you're looking for a podcast producer, look no further, darlings. I'm here to help you. Send me an email at emily at theultimatecreative.com. You can also check out theultimatecreative.com slash start a podcast to help you get ready to share your voice with the world. Oh.